Welcome to episode 102. Yeah, 102. I was going to say 101 again. <laughs> yeah, that would have so, been embarrassing. Welcome to episode 102 of the All the Books Show, the official podcast of the David A. Hal Public Library, where we talk book news, literary news, and author news. I'm Eric Mickles. I'm Nick Gunning. And with us for the eighth time, Steve Van Valkenburg. Say hello. Hello. That's my little brother, everyone. My little brother, who, who went to a Name That Tune contest with Eric and rocked the 50s and 60s. Nailed it. I'm told. I feel like I should get a little credit for that, for introducing you this from me. to 50s and 60s music. Anyway, none of that's relevant. The reason why we have Steve here today, other than we like him, is because we're finally going to just sit down and talk about, Eric, uh, don't deny it. You know it's happening. Uh, you know what it is. James Patterson, ladies and gentlemen, the James Patterson phenomena that's sweeping the nation. We're going to be talking about all things James Patterson coming up later in the episode. Haven't we been doing this for about 101 episodes? <laughs> we have had a lot of off-the-cuff conversations about James Patterson, but this is an official spotlight. We're doing it. Steve has suffered for this podcast. <laughs> He's glad that we're at a point where he can stop reading James Patterson. So, Steve, I appreciate your dedication. Eric... I appreciate your roguish good looks. I, I don't know Thanks, what man. else what else to say. Um, so let's get to it. Anything else you want to talk about before we dig into our bookmarks, Eric? Uh, Usually you like to talk about movies or video games. Bill Clinton and James Patterson recording Spielberg and Clooney to adapt their president book. Wow. I don't want to talk about that during the Patterson spotlight. Okay, so, so you I just want to bring it out now. You want to front load with that yeah, and just yeah. be done. Okay, yeah, how do you feel right. about that? I mean, it's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. It's a lot of star power, I guess. I guess. If you'd guess. say. If you could yeah. say that. All right. We're going to we're gonna dig into James Patterson a little bit later. Yeah. Probably okay. make fun of James Patterson a little bit. Yeah. But also uh, talk about his yeah. work. Okay. Um, let's, let's talk bookmark right now. So Eric, what have you been reading? All right. I've been reading the movie Dunkirk. Oh, okay. In theaters. Yeah. So. There is a book. Is there? Yeah. I don't want to read it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Yeah, boy, you don't even have fingernails left after watching that movie. You just bit them right down yeah, to the nubs. Yeah, yeah. So not good for your heart. No, either. or or my knuckles. Yeah, Eric's on the edge of his seat yeah. the whole time. Sure, but thumbs up. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and you should see it in the theaters. All it's right, great. I'm gonna check it's, it out. It's very uh, suspenseful. I'm definitely. Gonna maybe check because it out. I said that, you'll go in and be like, I didn't think it was suspenseful. Oh, but maybe you will. Maybe I will. Not you yet. know what? <laughs> As a counterpoint, uh-huh. Steve liked Valerian. Oh, boy. All right, I'm just like going to dig in here, Steve. Get into that microphone. Why do you like Valerian? I just, maybe it's because I expected it to be bad, and I liked it more than I thought I would, so okay. I was buoyed by my experience. But, but but to be fair, Steve also likes The Phantom Menace, which you compared it to, so that's... That's true. Yeah, so it could be. I sure did. Just, your wife also liked it and also likes Phantom Menace, so maybe that's like a prerequisite. It's the Phantom Menace effect. To, yeah, the Phantom Menace effect. Well, anyway, uh, so you watch Dunkirk, but have you read any books? Yeah, for this Patterson thing. Oh, you don't want to you don't want to get into him now. <laughs> no. Okay. So Graphic novels. Did I read like any? No, it was all just like uh, stopping myself from reading Patterson until I absolutely had to. Yeah, I know. So. I know you were a real pain about it. How about you, Steve? You read anything good? You don't have to talk about the James Pattersons yet. <laughs> all right. Anything else you'd recommend? Um, right now, I'm actually in the process of reading uh, like Picture of Dorian Gray, the graphic novel. Oh. We have a couple of graphic novel adapt- adaptations of classics. Yeah. You're a big Dorian Gray fan. I am a big Dorian Gray fan. Would you say that's your favorite book? Mm, it's up there. Up there. It's All hard right. to say. In the top. Okay, I haven't read statement. it, so 
I need to I need to get in there Timeless, and read it. I would say. All right, so you're reading the Dorian Gray graphic novel, and so far you like it. I do like it so far. Yes. Okay, that's good. Uh, I I also did a little reading for the podcast, which we won't get into right now. Um, I finished Hunted, James Patterson bookshot. Finished the things I was reading last week, and I've started uh, Where'd You Go, Bernadette by Maria Semple. And it starts with a lot of uh, correspondence, like the first, I don't know, 50 pages are mostly like back and forth, um, uh, like note, email conversations and things like that, which I don't know. Eric, do you find that annoying? Because I do. Maybe. It just like, there's not a whole lot of like narrative. It's just like message to this person, message to this person, message to this person. And it's not that it's done poorly. It's just a little hard to get into the book when it's like I've been reading a long time without you piecing the story together but I kind of wanted to hit the ground running a little bit more right. but I am enjoying the writing so I think I'll uh, I think I will come around to liking it this is for the contemporary classics book club um, the page turners book club which we couldn't remember last week finishing up split second by David Baldacci starting Your new favorite book no starting nobody knows by Mary Jane Clark which will be new for the book club we have not read a Mary Jane Clark we've read a Carol Higgins Clark we've read uh-huh. a Mary Higgins Clark yeah now Mary Jane Mary Clark Jane Mary Jane Mary Clark Jane no no Mary Jane Clark, the <laughs> former daughter-in-law of Mary Higgins Clark so probably a good move on her part to keep the name. So she's filed alphabetically near Mary Higgins Clark. But um, anyway, you can join us for those book clubs anytime you want. Okay. If I sound detached for like yeah. the next however long, yeah. it's because uh, I just found out James Patterson reviews movies. So I'll be bringing that to the table. Oh, good. Okay. So. Good, good, good. Oh, hey, big surprise. Yeah. Uh, they're really short reviews. Yeah. So maybe reviewed by it. James Patterson and, and Maxine Pietro. Maxine Pietro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you got for book news? You want me to go first? Hold on. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should save this for... I Patterson. think you should. I, now yeah. I just got mad. All right, go ahead. James Patterson's review of Logan reads, Finally, a comic book movie with a beginning, middle, and ending. Huh. And then it just says, Kudos to director, writer, James uh, Mangold, and our good friend Hugh Jackman. A. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, maybe he means... Yeah, by, there, there, by... Were no, there were no other uh, superhero movies ever. No comic book movies. Because that's what he means then. He's not yeah. just saying superhero movies. He yeah. means any movie that's based on a comic book has never had a beginning, middle, and ending. Who would have thought you'd disagree with James Patterson? He gave it an A. And what kind of... Re- Wait, but he gave it a positive review. That's, he just thinks... I read you the full review. Yeah, that's the full review. With okay. the A at the end. All right. It, it was the pick of the week, by the way. Okay. Well, good news. Thanks for sharing. I'm going to tell you my book news while Eric uh, simmers down. <laughs> So, here's what we got coming to you. We're pushing into October now, so this might be a good Halloween book for you, Eric. In the Midst of Winter by Isabel Allende. New York Times and worldwide best-selling dazzling storyteller Isabel Allende returns with a sweeping novel about three very different people who are brought together in a mesmerizing story that journeys from present-day Brooklyn to Guatemala in the recent past to 1970s Chile and Brazil. What do you think about that? Probably not. Not going to be in your Halloween reading list? No. Okay, stop reading those reviews and listen to the words right, I say. I'm sorry, yeah, this is making me mad. <laughs> All right, uh, Jeffrey Archer, who's just coming off his Clifton Chronicles series, been going for a long time. Yeah. The final one of those came out recently, and now he's publishing his first work of short stories in a very long time. I don't. Did, was he known for that before? 
I think that's where he started and then moved uh, into Clifton Chronicles and a few other things. Yeah. But this is coming out in October. Telltale short stories by Jeffrey Archer. Nearly a decade after his last, well, there it is. Nearly a decade after his last <laughs> volume of short stories was published, Jeffrey Archer returns with his eagerly awaited brand new collection, Telltale, giving us a fascinating, exciting, and sometimes poignant insight into the people he's met, the stories he's come across, and the countries he's visited during the past 10 years. Huh. So that sounds a little nonfiction. Hard to say. Well, maybe a mix of both. Anyway, if you're a Jeffrey Archer fan still reeling from the end of the Clifton Chronicles, look no further than October, where you can read Telltale. Telltale. By Jeffrey Archer. Finally, and good timing, uh, we have to announce that Robert Langdon, book five, is coming out on October 3rd. I'm excited about Are you excited about that? Yeah. Why is this good timing? Because Steve's here. Oh. And one of... <laughs> one of one of Steve's uh, past glories on this podcast was doing a spotlight on Dan Brown. So if you want to go back and check out our spotlight on Dan Brown, that is episode 77 of all the books. But Origin is coming out in October. So I don't know the synopsis of this, so now we're going to find out right now. Are you ready, Steve? I'm excited. Robert Langdon, Harvard professor of symbology and religious iconology, there you go, arrives at the ultra-modern Guggenheim Museum uh, Bilbo to attend a major announcement, the unveiling of a discovery that will, quote, change the face of science forever, end quote. The evening's host is Edmund Kirsch, a 40-year-old billionaire and futurist whose dazzling high-tech inventions and audacious predictions have made him a renowned global figure. Kirsch, who was one of Langdon's first students at Harvard two decades earlier, is about to reveal an astonishing breakthrough, one that will answer two of the fundamental questions of human existence. As the event begins, Langdon and several hundred guests find themselves captivated by an utterly original presentation, which Langdon realizes will be far more controversial than he ever imagined. But the meticulously orchestrated evening suddenly erupts into chaos, and Kirsch's precious discovery teeters on the brink of being lost forever. Reeling and facing an imminent threat, Langdon is forced into a desperate bid to escape Bilbo. With him is Ambra Vidal, an elegant museum director who worked with Kirsch to stage the provocative event. Together they flee to Barcelona on a perilous quest to locate a cryptic password that will unlock Kirsch's secret. Still hooked, you guys? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll read it. (laughs) Navigating the dark corridors of hidden history and extreme religion, Langdon and Vidal must evade a tormented enemy whose all-knowing power seems to emanate from Spain's royal palace itself and who will stop at nothing to silence Edmund Kirsch. On a trail marked by modern art, and enigmatic symbols, Langdon and Vidal uncover clues that ultimately bring them face-to-face with Kirsch's shocking discovery and the breakthrough, breathtaking truth that has long eluded us. Coming out October 3rd, 2017. Are you ready, Steve? I'm ready. Does it not sound good? It sounds familiar. <laughs> well, I don't think at this point he's going to diverge from the... Uh, I, wonder, I wonder how this will do. Because, I mean, as we discussed in episode 77, Inferno... Uh, the movie was terrible. Yes. Nobody saw it. Uh, and the book, I don't remember. That's the true. Book it did bomb. So either. So, and it's definitely my least favorite of the book. So I don't know. Is the market still out there? You know? Because he writes like, he writes like a, a Grisham or a Patterson, but it's like five years in between things. So I, I, I don't know. I'm curious to see how this will go. I'm definitely going to read it. Let me just put that Oh, yeah, there. me too, for sure. I'm definitely going to read it. And, you know, probably most likely... Uh, Tom Hanks and Ron Howard get another vacation out of this. I I'd say. go watch that movie. So. What do you think, Eric? Do you think, based on the numbers, they would make another one? Another Langdon. Movie? Langdon? I can't imagine it. I mean, I wish they would just see the Lost Symbol. That was such I a know. great book. I don't even a great movie. I don't even think uh, it's Inferno. That was the last one, right? Yes. I don't think Inferno made that much money overseas either to yeah. like really save it. 
Well, it was bad. I mean, it was all around yeah, it really bad. was bad. But yeah. it was really like, I don't know, it felt slapped together. Like, the marketing and the lead-up for think... it. There was a lot of excitement around Angels and Demons, but not around so Inferno. So. I think uh, it's just over. Yeah. Movie-wise. Yeah. I think people well, cared for, nice. like, a second, and now they're done. Yeah. Yeah. So. It would have been nice if they had some sort of, like, finality to it, but it didn't. So. No. Anyway. No. Besides, Enough of this. Ron Howard's too busy directing other people's movies yeah. now for yeah, Disney. Yeah, he's just going to wait until... Did you hear this, Steve? Ron Howard's taking over Han Solo? No, I did not. Weird. I yeah, still don't crazy. understand what he's thinking. Yeah. I love your Ron, but I don't get it. Uh, so that's Dan Brown. Can you do a Ron Howard impression? I don't think I can. I mean, maybe, if I really tried. It would probably be more like a uh, Happy Days impression yeah, than, like, modern day. <laughs> uh, finally, large print fans, large print fans, we got a new book, Looking Through Darkness. Uh-huh. Yeah, because of... Oh, oh I'm no, sorry. No, go again. No, no. no, go again. No, no, no. Well, sorry, I was opening up web pages about James Patterson, but go ahead. Right. No, that's right. uh, what was the title again? Oh, the title? Sure, it's Looking Through Darkness. A trading post Nice. Novel. Seamless. Readers... <laughs> Amy and David Thurlow. That's cute. Writing together. Readers seeking an uplifting yet classically suspenseful Native American love story. Are there a lot of people? That seems like a very niche market. Yeah, but Specific. it's in large print. Okay. Uh, Native American love story will soak up the soulful and spiritual heart of this book. Nice. All right. So... Are you on that's board? What you got. No, probably not. It's confusing because it is a romance. And it doesn't look like a Western, but it's very confusing. It, it basically looks like a YA novel from the 90s when you look at the cover. So I don't really... I feel like I just saw something that was like a Western. Oh, no. I was watching somebody play a video was game. Was it Dragon Teeth? <laughs> no, yeah. By Mikey Crichton? Did you read Dragon Teeth, Steve, by the way? No, I did not yet. Well, hmm. what, what's wrong with you? Because Eric loved it. Not really. I gave it a shot. I gave it a heartfelt... Uh, you gave it a sentimental three stars. Yes, I gave it a sentimental. My my review on my blog was basically at the end, like now we can just read all of his other yeah, older books. We can go back. Those other ones, <laughs> this one. All right, let's talk New York Times bestsellers. Okay, I, I gotta we, get. We gotta do nonfiction this week. We're taking a couple weeks off. I I don't I can't. I'll, you you can look it up on your computer, okay. and I'll step out for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad some of those people can read. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so on the New York Times bestsellers list right. for the young adult okay. uh, hardcover, young adult. Uh, number 10, The Sun is Also a Star by Nicola Yoon. True. It's a fact. Yeah. Uh, number it's 9, Alex and Eliza by Melissa De La Cruz. Are you going to read this? No. You're big into history. You ask me that every <laughs> single time and the answer is You love history. No. You love romance. Yeah. You oh. love hip Broadway musicals. Yeah. All right, number eight. Oh, this is new this week. The Last Magician by mm-hmm. Lisa Maxwell. Okay. So after this, we're not getting any no books more, about no magicians. magicians. Fantasy last, is dead after this. The very last yeah. magician. Any, anybody hoping for more Harry Potter after, after The Cursed Child? Can't no. happen. No. Unless you can still write books about magicians that were written about before The Last oh, Magician. You can okay. continue adventures. Sure. Yeah. Well, this will be the Harry last Potter, original. They, there's going to be five or six more Fantastic Beasts, so... Hey. Don't have to worry about that. Can't wait for all their scripts to... Yeah, it's going to be great. Steve, did you like the Fantastic Beasts movie? I did not even see it. Oh, good call. That's good what call. I thought. <laughs> for that and more, tune to episode 98, where we talk about Harry Potter. I sure did. Keep going, Pickles. Uh, number seven, Lady Midnight by Cassandra Clare. Yeah, in Enigma. Yeah. Uh, number six, This Is Where It Ends by Marie... Oh, boy. Kneecamp, I'm going to say. Okay. Uh, 57 weeks on this list. 
pretty good. Books on the young adult list stay here mm -hmm. forever. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, hey, timely. Number five, Crazy House by James Patterson hey. and Ga uh, Gabrielle Chabonat. And that's even a young adult. Is that part of a series or is that just a... Charbonnet. Okay. Uh, no, it's just a standalone. I don't know if he has any like young adult series out. Um, Maximum Ride, I guess. Yeah, but I think that that's done. Okay. As is the uh, that witch, uh, witchcraft and wizardry series. Uh, number four, Once and for All by Sarah Dessen. Can the harder, uh, can the harder-hearted Lorna reform the more romantically casual Ambrose? I guess that's the question. Yeah, I think we've all had to ask: Can we soften up Ambrose? Yeah. So. Yeah, Bruce, what's what's going on in your life? <laughs> Number three. What's wrong with you? Lord of Shadows. Yeah, hey, guess what? Uh, by Cassandra Clare. Okay. Uh, the character is caught between the fairy courts and the laws of the clave. Look out. I always say, follow the spirit of uh, the clave. Yeah, you know, you do always say that. Yeah. Number two, one of us is lying, and it's Nick. Prove it. By Karen M. McManus. You can't. That's what I thought. Uh-oh. For five students, a detour in detention okay. ends in murder. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, Detention's no. like murder sometimes, sure am I right? Is, yeah. Did you have a, did you ever have a t detention <laughs> as a kid? Yes. Really? Most definitely. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was a bit of a smart mouth. Oh, uh, huh. That's weird. Yeah, I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to picture you yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. mouthing off to authority figures, and yeah. I just, <laughs> yeah. I don't see it. Yeah. Boy, uh, no, number one on the week, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. Mm -hmm. A 16-year-old girl sees a police officer kill her friend, and she takes Yikes. matters into her own wow. hands, developing a super suit that is ahead of its time, and maybe... You're making this up. Yeah, yeah I'm okay. making this up. Uh, but it is about the... I read that book, though. Yeah, Steve Sorry. was interested. He's writing it down. <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay. I was in there. Right. I find this book. She, yeah, she, of course. She, she took a tech class, yeah. so now she knows how to she make <laughs> super suits. All right, hardcover fiction. Uh, anything fun below the number 10? No. Uh, Tom Clancy's all the way down to 15, though. Oh, no. So, yeah. uh, Dean Koontz is down to 11. Mm. All right. Number 10, new this week, on the hardcover fiction. Debuting at number 10. Yeah. Depending on who it is, it's either good or bad. The Breakdown by B.A. Paris. Pretty good, then. <laughs> In the psychological thriller, a woman is plagued by guilt over not having stopped to help a driver who turns out to have been murdered. And by fear of early onset dementia. Whoa, that's that's a loaded book. That is that, loaded. That, that uh, dementia twist just kind of yeah, came out of nowhere. Really, yeah. yeah. Hey, I stopped to uh, save a bus from exploding. Yeah. Also, I lost my hand. Wow. Wow. So. Wow, but you have early onset dementia, so I don't know if I can trust what you're saying. Number nine, The Duchess. <gasps> By Danielle Steele. Danielle Steele. Uh, hey, hey, Steve. Uh, next time you're here, we're doing oh, a Danielle Steele yeah. spotlight. Yeah, so, Steve. Oh boy. Steve, why don't you start reading Danielle Steele? Yeah, books you should read the Duchess right Steve. Steve. At least ten Danielle Steele books, and then we're gonna do a uh, podcast spotlight. <laughs> I'm writing this down right now. He's gonna do it. Okay. All right. Just move on. He was typing. On. He was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number eight. See, this is an audio medium, medium so your mm -hmm. visual gags don't yeah. translate. Number eight. Use of force by Brad Thor. I'm Thor. <laughs> That's a bad impression of both Brad Thor and Thor. You've never heard Brad Thor talk. That's true. That's you're exactly right. what it's right, like. Me hate. Oh, I just sit down and write books. <laughs> me hate self-publishers. Stop doing it. <laughs> uh, number seven, A Gentleman in Moscow by Amor Tolls. 
You have to read this, man. It's been here forever. It's your, it's your type of book. Okay. Just do it. All right. Okay. Get off my back. I'm going to read it before you. Don't you do Yeah. Don't and then people are going to be like, but that's the kind of book that Nick... And you're... What? I know every once in a while you go off the beaten path. Yes. Yeah. I read Exit West or The Girls or... Yeah. I guess that's it. Yeah. Any, anything by Lauren Conrad, you just sit down and devour. Yeah. So... Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, number six, The Identicals by Ellen Hildebrand, mm-hmm. still here. Mm-hmm. Number five, uh, guess who it is? Ooh. Murder Games by James Patterson and Howard Ruffin. Oh, no. Yeah. This is the worst kind of games to play. Yeah. Uh, Wait, do you win by murdering or do you win by being murdered? You know what I'm saying? You win by solving the murder. Solving the murder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. It's kind of like war games. Uh, when With Matthew they... Broderick? No. Would you like to play a game? <laughs> Number four, Into the Water by Paula Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got into the water. Oh, oh, the alcohol. I fueled my alcohol. Ah. Did you read Girl on the Train, Steve? No, I intend to, though. Pretty good. Number three, House of Spies by Dan- Daniel, Daniel Silva. Silva. I don't know why that's so hard for you. I don't know. Daniel is a very common male name. <laughs> I know. Just, let's just call him Danny Silva for now okay. on. Okay. Oh, right. You can call Danielle Danny. It's also, yeah. And you can spell it Danny, D-A-N-N-Y, yeah. or D-N-N, or just D-N-I. Well, you need an A in there as well. D-A-N-I. What'd I say? D-N-I. Oh, yeah, you don't want an D- E in yeah. there. No, D-A-N-I. Don't. I don't want to talk about it. Anymore. All right. <laughs> Uh, number two, Camino Island by John Grisham. Who doesn't he have a new book coming out, Nick? Yes, he does. Describe, I... just describe it. <laughs> all the... right, all right. On our advance notices, we got a listing from uh, John Grisham coming out October twenty fourth. Oh, I can't wait to see the title. Title: New Legal Thriller. <laughs> nice. You know what? Which we're is laughing. Hilarious because that's that's how they spoof it in the uh, B.J. Novak book. Yeah. Only it's the something. So essentially, <laughs> that's what we've got here. Won't we feel silly when it comes out and it's actually titled New Legal Thriller? Yeah. yeah. It will be silly. Uh, See, no- have you read Camino Island, by the way? No, I don't think Very I have. Very latest Grish. I think that's one I've missed out on. The Whistler. Did you read The Whistler? I was going to, but it wasn't. Didn't sound too impressive by anybody. So you Grisham fans are fickle. Barfler. It's more like it. Hey, sorry guys. This is a barfler. <laughs> All right, what's number one? Number one is new, <laughs> debuting. Uh, Michael Connelly. Oh, an old the late, late show. Late show. Yeah. Uh, which is not probably about what you were hoping it'd be about. Letterman. It's about David Letterman, right? David Letterman uh, solves crimes. Renee Renee Ballard, a young detective with the L- LAPD, Fines. investigates crimes against two women. David Letterman. Starring David Letterman. Wow. <laughs> What a twist! Yeah, yeah. This is a, this is another. We were talking about this a few weeks back. A lot of uh, a lot of the old hands here are coming out with a new series, new female driven series, actually. So interesting, interesting change. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Well, uh, I think we all know what time it is, folks. Yep. Time to say goodnight. No. Thank you for stopping by. Mm-hmm. We will see you next no. week where we talk about something fun and fancy-free. Hey, you know what? I've got uh-huh. a bone to pick with a certain listener of ours, uh, a man by the name of Ben Lehman. Uh-huh. Because I asked for an author spotlight theme song yeah. for free. Yeah. I asked him to compose music yeah. Yeah. for an author spotlight. Uh-huh. Not going to pay him. Yeah. Want him to do it on his own free time. Uh-huh. So far, nothing. Yeah. So we don't have an author spotlight theme, except for this one that Eric yeah. and I are going to do right yep, now. Yep, here we go. We're going to take a spotlight, spotlight on an time author. With author. Are we spotlighting? We're talking Let's about look. James Patterson. Uh, so you recorded that?
Yeah. So we can play yeah. it again. Yeah. Should we should we maybe run through it one more time just to make sure we got it right? Yeah. See if you want to jump in here, please feel yeah, okay. ready. Go. The same ones, okay. Exactly the same. Yes. Spot. It's light. spotlight time. And author. we're gonna look at the we spotlight. Are spotlight time. Here we go. Author. And go. Did that did that <laughs> yeah. Did that sound the same both times to you, Steve? As an impartial yeah. outside. Yeah. Okay, Steve says yes. I don't think we actually have enough time to cover all the authors that work with James no, Patterson. We, don't. we this this is going to be a very incomplete spotlight. Yeah, it is. There's it no is. Yep. there's no way we have the time. Yep. All right, now we're going to talk about Maxine Pietro. Yep. It's been five hours. <laughs> I will not do a Maxine Pietro spotlight. Oh, I know. I will hey, go out that window. James Patterson's <laughs> website looks a lot like uh, like a Walmart. Website. Yes, James Patterson's website does look like a Walmart, <laughs> and the thing about it too is that this is where this is the same website you go to for any of his books. So yeah. if you're a kid who's super into Treasure Islands, yeah. the first thing you're gonna go up to is uh, well, I guess it's Murder Games, which yeah. isn't so bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, until you start going, oh, Sixteen Seduction, huh? Yeah. Well, not me... that I'm saying kids can't read the, the Sixteen Seduction. seduction. I'm not telling you how to parent your kids. You probably want to caution against. Fifteen months ago, All Detective. Right. Yeah. Let me let me give you a little uh, let me give you a little background on James Patterson for the most trusted source on the internet, uh, Wikipedia. James Brendan Patterson, oh, born I have March twenty second, nineteen forty seven, is an American author and philanthropist. Among his works are the Alex Cross, Michael Bennett, Women's Murder Club, Maximum Ride, Daniel X, NYPD Red, Witch and Wizard, and Private Series, as well as many standalone thrillers, nonfiction, romance novels. His books have sold more than three hundred million copies, and he was the first person to sell one million ebooks. In twenty sixteen, Patterson topped Forbes list of highest paid authors for the third consecutive year with an income of I have eighty nine million in twelve months. Ninety five million. As wow. of August 2016. His total okay, yeah, income over a decade is estimated at $700 million. Oh, really? Because I see his net worth at $750 million. Ooh, yeah. That's crazy! So, look, here's what here's what we... I'm, I know we're going to argue about a lot of things today. But what we can't argue with is success. The man has got it. Yeah. He's found it. He's yeah. holding on tight. Yeah. He's got right. seven hundred and fifty million dollars. Right. Let's let's put all our cards on the table. Now, when I hear that number, I get angry. I get I, angry because I, I will never have one million dollars. He has seven hundred and fifty times well, more than money I'll never see. You don't know that. You think I'm gonna have a million dollars someday? Could, you could fall down the stairs in a, in a rich corporate headquarters uh-huh. and maybe get that kind of. Because they didn't build an elevator. A lot of things you could yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell me. <sighs> I'm angry. Let's just okay. Okay. So, Eric yeah. doesn't like James Patterson. I've only read two of his books but ever. But you're not a fan of the James Patterson enterprise. Well, I guess it's stupid to say that. Because, I mean, obviously, he does lots of good. Yeah. He uses his money to That's give true. back to the That's community and to yeah. reading. Yeah. And just... Multi-millions of dollars a year does he give away to scholarships and teachers, independent bookstores, students. He's yeah. very Programs to get kids to read. Yeah. So it's hard to be like, ah, you jerk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What's, I don't know. Okay. What's Stephen King doesn't like his books. That's true. Uh, yeah. That's definitely yeah. true. Is Stephen King known as being a nice guy? I don't know. Does he give... I know I he's he I know does. he's pretty salty on Twitter. I think he does. Yeah, he is salty on Twitter. That's true. <laughs> Steve, what about you? Bottom line on James Patterson. Uh, readable, but not one of my favorites. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think, Eric, you kind of, um, you summed this up very well a couple episodes ago, like, just off the cuff when we were talking about <laughs> I sure did. Jimmy P. 
But you said the thing with James Patterson and, and part of the reason behind his success is that you know what you're going to get. Uh, you know? And so I sort of, I find that very comforting. We're just going to ignore the fact that I call them the Little Caesars of yeah, li- the literature world. We are going to ignore okay. that. That's an excellent um, analogy, though. Thank but you. I, I got to say that like for as much fun as we poke at James Patterson, I enjoy a lot of the books. Okay. I'm never going to say that they're like excellent like great written books mm-hmm. or that they're like this like high benchmark in literature but they also don't try to be right you know i think you got to give him credit for the fact that he's incredibly transparent about yeah. his process the mm-hmm. way he works with these co-authors it's not buried it's not really even little font i mean a lot of these books right. it's pretty big like co-billing so i think he's he's generous with the credit and would never be like no no i do all the work so right. you know uh, I think that's all very much he's, out there. So he's Fox. He's 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 Fox TV. Okay. Whereas, like, you might say like Stephen King would be like HBO. Yeah. James Patterson's just Fox. Fox. You know what you're getting on Fox. Yeah, you do. It's silly. Yeah. It's probably not going to be the best thing on TV. Yeah. But it's so fun. So if you like the Fox Network and Little Caesars Pizza, <laughs> yes. pick up James Patterson yeah. in a bookstore yeah. near you. I feel like I enjoy his books. But I typically feel like the rugs pulled out from underneath me at the endings some, most of the time. Unsatisfying endings. Yes, which just kind of ruins the whole book for me. So That's even true. if I enjoyed it all the way through, at least yeah. it's a bitter taste in my mouth sometimes. Yeah. yeah, I often like like to read a James Patterson book almost as a palate cleanser. You know, like if I've had to read a lot of really heavy stuff and I just need to like, whoo, you know, read something fun or breezy that'll take me a couple of days. Or if I'm like stressed and feel like I don't have time for anything I don't want a big like heavy meaty book I might right. reach for a James Patterson there so right. they definitely have their place I in that say. though I feel like sometimes they're unnecessarily like bleak in certain aspects that really? just like there's just parts they throw in that have nothing to do with the story that just make bleak. me feel bad huh like someone will die that didn't need to die has nothing to do with the story it's just someone you liked and they killed just you know for the heck I don't of know. it I, I guess I just see that as like the genre yeah. the adult thriller genre I've noticed it I, maybe it's just me but you, I think get that you think he's darker than, like, I don't know, like a Michael Connelly? It's not that or... it's darker. It's just that it's something that has nothing to do with the story. It's a character sad. you enjoy, you feel more sad. and they die for no reason, or it's a subplot that has nothing to do with the overall, you know, huh. mesh of the story, but someone dies or something horrible happens that has nothing to do for anybody. Well, let's talk for a minute about the first time we came across James Patterson. Uh, I know for me, I was aware of James Patterson for probably, like, a decade before I ever actually like read a James Patterson. And I was working at Willard Library in Battle Creek. Um, I think it was around the time he was doing the Alex Cross, like all the nursery rhyme things. I remember Violets Are Blue uh, coming across, which was like a, like a kind of a vampire-y Alex Cross book. Very strange. But um, that's the one that I remember first. And then it was just constantly on the bestseller list. You know, each time they'd come through, it was like, what's the new James Patterson, you know? So I've had to sort of be aware of James Patterson's output for, you know, 15 years now, really. Um, But it wasn't until 2012 that I actually, like, picked up a James Patterson and started reading it. And the first one that I read, I think, was just the very first Alex Cross. Let me take a look at Goodreads here. Yeah. Uh, September of 2012, I picked up Along Came a Spider. I don't know why. I don't know what made me do it at that point. Um, but that's when I started reading it. And I actually read the first uh, the first four Alex Cross books kind of in rapid succession, which I don't usually do. I don't usually stick with the series back to back to back. But I find the first ones very engaging. Um, so that was me. I, I known about it for a long time, started reading Alex Cross pretty quickly. Uh, what about you, Eric? 
Uh, I started working in a Jacksonville public library, mm-hmm. uh, Jacksonville, Florida, in 2015. Mm-hmm. And like the my first week was when Mistress came out, and that was that was the first time. And I was like, oh, why do we have 20 of these copies? <laughs> um, and because of the way the library does it there. Um, we also had copies that couldn't be renewed and you could only have for seven days. Yeah. All James Patterson books were always listed as the express books where you could only have them for seven days and you couldn't renew them. Okay. And you couldn't request them from other libraries and you had a certain amount. But we, it was just all the time. Just I was like, oh. And then I started seeing them come in and more and more. Okay. And it was just like, oh. And then, and then I started noticing all the co-authors. Right. And I was like, this is in your How about in your time here, like in, in youth services, what's your experience been with like... How Puts the, out a how, lot of kids stuff, yeah. but also I think in the YA or the kids section, you're seeing more of his James Patterson presents okay. than maybe in the adult section. Yeah, like the Jack the Ripper one always comes. Yeah, to the Jack mind. the Ripper one, but there's also this new one called uh, How to Be a Supervillain mm-hmm. uh, by Michael Fry, and it's okay. just James Patterson presents. And there's been a few others that are just like you know produced by James Patterson now. Well, that's like the Bookshot Flames are essentially just James Patterson Presents. He's not listed as an author. He, it's James Patterson's Bookshot right. Flames, and then it lists the authors. Well, that's good, so those are because essentially his presents. website has, in stores now, 18 yeah. titles Wow! By that are that's somehow insane. associated with uh, that's James insane. Patterson. And the first one that you actually picked up to read was... Treasure Hunters. Treasure and Hunters. Hunters. Yeah. Hunted. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Hunter. Steve? First one I read was The Long Camp Spider as well. Why? Uh, I think you recommended it to me, actually. Okay. And I wanted to start not in the beginning of the Alex Cross series. I wanted to just jump right in from the beginning. Yeah. So was that... Did you read that before we started talking about doing a podcast on Patterson, or was that... Yes, that that was the only one I had read, just because I felt like reading it. Okay. Did you start to read Kiss the Girls? I finished Kiss the Girls. Okay. I did not enjoy it. Kiss the Girls is... uh, That's a... it's a serial rapist. It's unsettling. And it is, yeah, I almost stopped reading it at that point. I think that's actually why I uh, read book three so quickly, yeah. was because I found book two so disturbing and I wanted to, like, push past it. Because I had that same kind of deal when I tried to read A Time to Kill, first time by John Grisham. Yes. But I, and I didn't yes. finish it, and a couple years later I finished that it. That is a brutal, I was brutal glad start. I did, though. Absolutely. Kiss the Girls, I felt like, I wish I just stopped and I didn't finish it. Yeah. Because, you know, it makes it makes sense in the arc of the whole story in yeah. Time to Kill. But Kiss the Girls, I just felt like a rehash, kind of, okay. of a long time fighter. But just for, you know, sensationalism, yeah. you know? Yeah. Now, were you... How aware were you of, of James Patterson before that? Like, I mean, was he... I never read any of his things, but obviously you see his books yeah. on every shelf everywhere. Yeah, every thrift ever. store in America yes. has six to ten but different... But I never uh, really knew anything about him. I knew he had the Alice Cross series, and I kind of knew the basis of that character, but I didn't know much about him. Okay, well, let's... Uh, let's. So how many Cross books have you read? Uh, two. Okay, and Eric, you, you, don't, you haven't read Alex Cross at all? No, nor have, have I seen either of the okay, movies. Okay, so I was going to ask. So there's three movies. There's um, Along Came a Spider and Kiss the Girls, which is Morgan Freeman as Alex yeah, Cross. Yeah. And then there's just Alex Cross. I think they're drastically different than the books, I think though. they are, too. I haven't seen them. And then there's just one called Alex Cross, which came out a few years ago with uh, Tyler Perry yeah. as uh, Alex Medea. Cross. <laughs> Not as Medea. But Alex does live with his grandma, and I, I thought, 
is Tyler Perry going to play <laughs> the grandma as well? Yeah. Because it seems like a no-brainer. That movie would have killed. It would have. Yeah, it would have done much better than the Alex Cross uh, movie did. I don't think there's any Medea talk co- There's the thing. He has a new Medea movie coming out, but not an Alex Cross 2. Yeah. So, yeah, I think like that, you that pretty much says it. Well, okay, so I've read... Let me, let me Sorry, let me jump back here again and see how many of these Alex Cross I've actually read. Uh, nine. I've read nine Alex Cross... Ten... Oh, 10 Alex Cross books so far. And the series is ongoing. It's, it's up to probably book 23 or 24 if you count the book shots. So Alex Cross is the one that remains solely James Patterson. There's no co-authors on Alex Cross. There's been a couple of off, offshoots like Alex Cross's Trial, which has David Ellis as a co-author. But that's not really about Alex Cross. It's about a, a book. It's about Alex Cross's relatives. Anyway, Alex Cross, the character is a medical doctor um, uh, studied at Johns Hopkins and is a, a detective in Washington, D.C. And uh, he's a widower, lives with his children and his grandmother, who sort of helps raise the children. He's got a partner who's a childhood friend. Um, and I find the character of Alex Cross to be a very well-created um kind of a fascinating character just the the psychological aspects of his character um balancing like his home life and his very dangerous job um i think that's actually very well done and i often i know my my issue with the last couple of books that i've read uh, london bridges being one where um i just wanted more alex cross living his life and cared a little less about like the murderer of the book you know what i'm saying yeah um, I don't. Killers are very similar. They are. Yes, they are. That. They're not really one-dimensional. Yes, but they, they just are. Follow the same set of like. Yeah. Psychiatric problems. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, and often they have a vendetta against Alex Cross, or that comes yeah. up pretty quick. That it ends up being Cross personally yeah. against this character. Um, so I don't think I don't think they get too much into the Alex Cross character in the first two books. No, not really. Do they just, you? okay? Kind of outline his like being a widower, okay. and his kids, and that yeah. kind of thing, but not really anything else. Because his personal life um, really, in some books, it, it takes center stage, really. Uh, and other times it's kind of pushed down. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I often am like, yeah, 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 okay, killer, blah, 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 blah. Let's talk about how Alex Cross is living his life. Um, so I actually really enjoy those. Um, I see here that the last couple ones that I've read uh, haven't enjoyed as much. Uh, but um, that to me is still, I mean, the standout James Patterson series. I know a lot of people like the Michael Bennett books. Are there, have you read those, Steve? I was starting a bookshop with Michael Bennett, I think. Okay. But. Um, Michael Bennett is a is a cop, and he has like 10 children and is also a widower. So a lot of that is, uh, it always sounds to me like it's, if Captain Von Trapp were a police detective. Did we know that he wasn't? <laughs> yeah, I guess he could be. Um, I've only read one Michael Bennett book. It was Step on a Crack. And I read this as a bookshot, and I couldn't understand why it was a bookshot, and then later realized that it was abridged. And I was oh. so angry, because they took the book Step on a Crack, and then abridged it to be a bookshot. And so I was so mad when I finished it, because I thought, oh, maybe I'll read this series. And then I started the first book, the one that you need all the character background info on, and I read it abridged, so I'm pretty mad about that. Um, what are some of the other juvenile series, Eric? All right, so in his juvenile series, you have the middle school series, which got a movie recently. Oh, yeah. But it does not check out, like, Dork Diaries and Wimpy Kid. Okay. Uh, I mean, they do check out, but not 
we we can't keep our wimpy kid yeah. and dork diaries on the shelf or the diary of minecraft zombies yeah and, one, and big and nate, one copy's not not enough either. yeah I mean, big nate is uh is also more popular uh-huh. uh than these books why do you think that is i don't know maybe just because kids already like those other ones those other characters i thought like um well let's not get into treasure hunters just yet i'll All save right. that for uh, a minute. he has the oh. i funny series yeah which is popular oh okay um we have the treasure hunter series uh house of robots uh, he has a standalone called Public School Superhero, uh, Jackie Haha, Word of Mouse, and Potty Mouth and Stupid. <laughs> wow. And now, would you say the ones that are like like Maximum Ride and Daniel X, would you put those more as like YA? Those are kept in the young adults. Those are a little older. Okay. Maximum Ride, the books, have been kind of like dead in the water in terms of popularity for a while. But the okay. manga has just suddenly like, everybody's got to have it again. I don't know what happened, but... Now is Maximum Ride done? Like twenty fifteen so. was the last published book, so yeah. but there looks like the public publication has been The manga is continuing. But oh okay. it's very slow. The next okay. one won't come out until twenty eighteen. Alright, so the manga's popular but none of the other YA. I don't see him yet. Or his book series, so Okay. Even his like Stalking Jack the Ripper was popular, but that's not him. Presents. Yeah. Right. So uh do you wanna we've got coming releases on his site. You oh, wanna boy. see how many books he has? planned sure just give me a number all right woman's murder club the medical examiner the dolls love me tender the store laughing out loud big words for little geniuses dead man running michael bennett haunted hunting prince dracula the candy save christmas expelled private count to 10 the people versus alex cross jackie haha my life is a joke and that's just until the end of 2017 oh my gosh he's Um, already got uh nypd red five planned for march Ooh. Oh, I am excited about that. And a book called The President is Missing. Yeah, with Bill Clinton. Oh, that's the... Yeah. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, Come on, to, Spielberg. Uh, I want to jump around here for a minute. First, let jump me ask, around. has anybody seen any of the James Patterson, like, media adaptations? No. So, like, Women's Murder Club or the Middle School movie? No. Or... We showed the Middle School movie I know. Here. You didn't watch it when we did it? No, I okay. did not. Um, what else is there? There's the, there's the Alex Cross movies which we haven't seen yeah um not a ton i guess there's not really no. a ton so no we haven't seen any of those Interesting. No, correct okay um all right also let's okay so let's talk about nypd red nypd red is uh co-written with marshall carp and i actually like those quite a bit that's the only one we've ever had in the book club and the whole book club hated it um but i think they're pretty good for, as like you know, bubblegum quick yeah, reads. They're really not. It's just about a special like task force in within the NYPD that uh, handles like high craze, high high craze, high profile and celebrity crimes, basically. Uh, you've read one. I read the first one. Yes. Did you like it? I did like it. Yeah. I think. Would it you feel compelled to read book two? Possibly. That was one that uh, I saw it when it came out, and I wanted to read it, and I didn't, and like kept seeing it. Oh, I got to read that book. And then it came out in paperback, and I just picked it up. That'd be the kind of book I'd take on a trip, yes, on a bus or a train. Exactly, exactly. It's fun to read, and you're not really invested too much, but it's still that's, fun. So that's that's the only series that I'm up to date with, and like actually follow. You know, like look and see when the next one's coming out. Um, and I do enjoy those, and but they are very like you got to know what you're getting into. It's it's a it's going to be a yeah. simple. Um, it's never going to go too deep. It's uh, splashy. You know, it's kind of like high octane crimes. They tend to be. Um, 
So I like that. Would, would you, are you compelled to read anymore? Do you think like, oh, I want to read NYPD Red 2? Are you pretty much done? I think I'm pretty much done, but you know, I might okay. fall back on that someday. Okay. But so you don't... For let's say now. So outside of like research for this podcast, you don't see yourself dipping back into the James Patterson pool? No, I don't. Interesting. Okay. I would. Like, I'm going to continue reading Alex Cross for at least for a while until I get sick of it. Uh, and occasionally, like I read uh, Murder House when it came out a while back, and I liked that. Um occasionally they look interesting to me i don't see myself jumping into another big series like i doubt very much that i would read uh michael bennett i I enjoyed the first one that i read but i don't know that i would pick it up again woman's murder club i read 14th deadly sin and did not did not like it yeah what now you've read several i've read one through seven wow wowzer okay they're the same thing though they're they're easy enough to read yeah and just you feel a little bit let down so how do you feel about the series I, hmm, I'm kind of conflicted because I like the second and third book a lot, really. But <laughs> and those those are co-written by Andrew Gross, Andrew Gross, yes. who used this James Patterson fame to springboard into a See, pretty I would successful read his book. Yeah, I would read his books. They are. He's he's one that's on our standing order, like because yeah. he's very popular. So but after that, he switched to uh, Maxine Pietro. Ugh, Maxine Pietro. I'm is, not a fan. Yeah, every book that I've read that's co-authored by Maxine Pietro, I can't stand. But she's one of his go-to writers, Notice so that. they must have a good uh, must have a good thing going. But yeah, once uh, book she takes over in book four, four and continues to write them, and they're very similar. After that, they seem to be like almost like short stories. That, that makes sense. Supposed to intertwine, but they don't quite. That seems to be Eric. Wouldn't you say uh, Women's Murder Club probably our most popular Patterson series for adults? Uh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I, whenever whenever I'm working the desk, like if I'm checking out a James Patterson, it's more than likely a Women's Murder Club. You haven't found that? No, just I haven't seen him. I do. Okay. We we work in different sections. No, I know, I know, we do. You it work in the adult like... section. I work in the garage. Yeah, yeah. Eric's our mechanic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I so I just read the one I picked up fourteen randomly. My wife tried to read the trial, which is the only Women's Murder Club book shot. Couldn't do it. Put it right back down. Yeah, she likes. He's got a new series, Harriet Blue, and she really liked the first of that series called Black and Blue, which it starts as a book shot and then moves into a regular uh, standard series. Before we move on from Pietro altogether, uh, let's talk Private for a minute. So uh, I've read the first can Private we, book. Can we just keep that between us? Yeah, I think so. Okay. That's best. I read the first private book, which is just called Private, and it's about basically like a private detective series. Yeah. Steve, have you read these? I read one of the book shots. Did and you read uh, Private Olympics 2016? Oh, that whole Rio. Yeah, that very confusing one that changed the title. Um, and any, I, any I thoughts it, on it? I liked it fine. It was the, uh, let's see, which one was it called? Private India. It was a royal... Jules Royal Crown, something like that. It was. Oh, okay. I can't remember the exact name of it. There's so many. Private no. Paris. I Private don't remember. London. Well, I'll tell you what's cool about it, what's cool about that is that um, like Private India was released in India and was only available there for a long time. Okay, Same with cool. like Berlin and the ones that are in specific places are usually initially uh, published only in that location, and then like later they get a, they get brought over for the uh, um, American crowd and my sister-in-law used to read james patterson uh is a huge bollywood fan <laughs> so i got her private india to read she was not a fan of private india hmm. um hmm. so i'm not really a huge uh, the the private oh the royals the royals Steve read the royals okay a book shot Mm-mm. i'll um, never read royals nice <laughs> yeah private the private series does nothing for me so i'll 
never ever read that again. Okay. Um, all right, let's pop back over to Juvenile then for a minute. Yeah. Uh, one of the you ones know what we forgot to do. What? Ask anybody what they think about James Patterson. You know, I thought about it and I didn't want. To be fair, it seems like whenever you talk to somebody, even checking out James Patterson, even people who are going to be reading three James Patterson yeah. books. They still think he puts out too many books. Yeah, they're critical of it. And yeah. they think he has too many co-authors, yeah. but they still check out they do. every single they book. They absolutely do, so yeah. It, it seems like it's almost this love-hate relationship. Yeah. Like, I can't get out. Yeah, well, okay, before we move on to Treasure Hunters, I will say, the ones that I've read uh, in Treasure Hunters is probably, Treasure Hunters and Hunted, actually, both are exceptions to this rule, but... Um, the ones that I've read, NYPD Red, uh, even Private, still feel like a James Patterson book to me, mm. you know, because I started strictly reading Alex Cross, which is just James Patterson, right. and when I read some of these ones, uh, Murder House, whatever it is, they still feel the same, mm-hmm. you know, they feel like, yes, this is a James Patterson book, so whatever he's doing, they uh, they do come across his uniform. Do you find that's consistent with that co-author? Like, certain co-authors have less to do with the books than the other ones? I don't know. I, I, I All I know is that when I switched from just reading Alex Cross to trying something like an NYPD Red, it wasn't a jarring change from like, oh, now I'm totally reading a different author. It's still like the pacing, the, the short chapters, uh, the kind of like every other chapter is a cliffhanger format remains true i think across co-authors which is interesting and that says to me that whatever level of involvement he has there still is an eye to consistency across the board which you know is cool and i think that's why people who are james patterson fans um can put up with a lot of the co-authors because they do feel the same yes uh so i think that's that's something uh that's something for it uh a book that we've all read treasure hunters so let's talk about Treasure Hunters for a minute. Eric, give me a little background on that series. How, how many do we got? There's four. Treasure okay. Hunters, Dangers Down, Danger Down the Nile, Secrets of the Forbidden City, and Peril at the Top of the World. And I will never read any of those. Okay. All right. Um, and now you haven't found these to be popular. They, no, they do okay. Okay, because uh, they look I've, cool. I've brought them to kids uh, at, um, at schools, and they're like, oh, treasure hunters. But, I mean, there's not a lot of them. Yeah. Also, they're 500 pages. I don't understand yeah. these. this, like this trend lately in juvenile books like not young adult but like the younger age to like just make them 500 pages i don't yeah. know and a lot of it's formatting it's big print it's small yeah, margins like, a lot of i was reading treasure hunters and i'm like halfway done with it and thinking like how much more do i have yeah and it's just not it starts off like exciting enough and then it's just like it's all just filler. Yeah. Everything just feels like filler. Yeah. I listened to a lot of that on audiobook and the audiobook was like five hours long, which is crazy for a 500 page book. I mean, that would normally, that would be like, you know, 15 hours long. Right. So like, clearly it's, it's still a very short book, but, um, you know, working in the juvenile section when I'm over there and I see the treasure hunters book out there, they were ones that I always like, I should read that sometime, you know, like yeah. they do appeal to me. I think they look but cool. Then when you read it, you yes. realize it's, it's very archaic. Even yes. though it seems like it's trying to match a lot of trends, yeah. uh, with like the the flippantness of the uh, the yeah. uh, narrator yeah. and the style of it has that like dork diary kind of style, yeah. but like it it reads like it was written in the sixties. Yeah, it reads like a boxcar children's book. I wish it read like a boxcar children's book. <laughs> You're gonna hate this, but I kind of got the sense of like the Baudelaire children kind of thing yeah. sometimes. No, yeah. I I see that because they're they start off as like orphans and there's yeah. all this legal stuff. 
Um, yeah. Tune into our Lemony Snicket podcast, yeah. also featuring yeah. Steve. Yeah. Follow the link below. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, I probably would have liked this as a kid, but as but when I was a kid, also like uh, the way like the the read the book industry has boomed for like youth. Yeah. reading wasn't oh, yeah. the same. Yeah. So I probably would have liked this because there wasn't other options like this. But now, if you're looking for like a fantasy fix yeah. or like an adventure fix and kids but like you have choices everywhere. Well so. I I thought this was gonna be kind of an adventure book, but there was very little adventure. Yeah. It was a lot of just like conversations yeah. and calling yeah. their sisters fat and <laughs> Yeah. And uh and the tirades. Yeah. Just they just Yeah. I don't know. I mean we have all four of these, two copies of the first one, and they're on our shelves right now, and they do not check out that often. So, I don't know. Maybe the length is an issue. Maybe people have read them and said they're dull. I don't... I don't know. Mm. Books that he's written that are in his kids' sections that have checked out, Jackie Haha and the uh, iFunny series mm-hmm. are very popular. Mm-hmm. House of Robots, there's only three, um... They do okay, but for some reason, Jackie Haha and the iFunny ones do well, which is good because Jackie Haha is getting a sequel. Yeah. Now, I don't think that I would have liked Treasure Hunters as a kid. Okay. Do you, Steve? Do you? Think I think I would have. Yeah. You really? Okay. I did I, like the uh, in the in the story. One of them's there's twins, and one yeah. of them's the writer. One of them is an artist. Yeah. And they act like it's like a fourth wall breaking kind of thing. Yeah. I kind of like that, where one of them's drawing the illustrations and one's telling the yeah. actual story, like the narrator. Right. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, it was unique anyway. I mean, I, you don't see I, that much. I at least would have read the first one as a kid. Yeah. Because of, like, the cover and the idea. I was like, oh, this could be I did. Fun. I know what you mean, though, about saying it felt dated. I, there was some, some, like, pop culture references in there that I was like, I don't think any kids Even with, know like, the, that, the te- like, take out the technology, and it reads, like, just, like, the adventure series of, like, the 60s. Yeah. So I think the fourth wall breaking is what makes it mm. makes that so it's not quite true. Like yeah. that that is modern, although I don't think it was done particularly okay. well. That's there. Let me tell you, maybe Steve, maybe you've come across this, and actually there is some in Hunted too, so you might remember this, Eric. But I don't like the use of real life products like all the time. Have you noticed that in James Patterson? I've seen it. It doesn't really bother me all that much. I but. just I don't know something about it. Just seems so like cheap. And I doubt he's getting money for it. Like, I think he's just using real-life products so you can relate to them. But I don't like it. Like, Hunted, they kept talking about eating at McDonald's. Do you remember that? It happened. It definitely happened. Okay. Because it always stands out to me. Um, but <laughs> that doesn't bother you when you when you read that? No, not really. Books? Okay. Yeah. No. All right. Just me. All right. Fine. All right. Uh, let's talk bookshots for a minute. Oy. We've devoted a lot of time to bookshots here on all the books, yes. so I'm sure our listeners are... Well aware of what these are, but if just in case you're not, they're about 100, 150 pages. Uh, the goal is that you should be able to read them on the commuter train, basically in one setting, take you an hour, hour and a half to read it. They're novellas, essentially they're novellas. Yes. With a more masculine name. Sure. Bookshot. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want a word um, that ends in A they to went, get guys to read. They went really hot and heavy on these for a while. Yeah. It was a lot. And yeah. then we we would see on our notices, we'd get a notice that a book was coming out, and then we'd get a cancellation notice. Yes. So they really sl- slimmed back to how many were coming out. Um, but I find they are popular here. I, I don't know yeah. if you've noticed that when you're on the desk, but they they do yeah. check out. But I, 
I think any people just, I think maybe, I mean, they do obviously on the New York Times bestsellers list, but I think yeah. people who come to the library don't buy James Patterson. I don't yeah. think if you like James Patterson, you're True. not buying his books. Well, I th- yeah, it does seem to me that the selling model for right. these has not been great. Right. Like, Anywhere you go, you see like buckets and buckets of right. book shots, you know, that people. Like, I, I mean, I guess I can't really think, but like, obviously people buy Grisham. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I'm. I'm always surprised to see James Patterson on the best-selling list, but I imagine many of those people just don't go to the library. That's it. I think that's it, exactly. And like you said, he sold a million on ebooks, so it's also probably just a lot of people downloading it. Yeah. On his- now, I don't know... I don't know if there's more that come out that are only ebooks because there's been a couple that I just uh, didn't notice mm-hmm. at all. Like I feel like I hadn't seen them in print, and then I see them as ebook options. So I don't know if they're going that route. Um, I think the success of these was not what they were hoping for yeah. because they did scale back significantly. Well, if they all read like Hunted, they don't yeah. deserve success. So <laughs> Hunted is my third bookshot. I read that stupid abridged Michael Bennett yeah. one. I read one called Let's Play Together or Playtime Hunted, or Hunted was pathetic. <laughs> okay. Because it's 140 pages. It's a stand- exactly. This is a standalone bookshot. Yes, it's 140 pages. It's, it's playing on the theme of uh, the most dangerous game. Yep. And it takes 120 pages to get to the point of the book. Yeah. And then it just wraps it all up yeah. in 20. And it just, you read something like The Most Dangerous Game, which is also like a short story. So it's even shorter yeah. than your bookshot, James Patterson. And it, it like hits the ground running. Yeah. Like I can't, I don't even think the book takes place on the boat where he's shipwrecked from. It just ends up on the beach, if I remember it right. But it's been a few years since I read it. And it's just kind of like, when when you take a concept that's been done, and then you do it so spectacularly worse, it's just just annoying to me. And also, the first 120 pages that are the build-up to the the big climax of this are so dull. Yeah. It's all just exposition and spying. And I'm like... Who, who is so starved for activity, er, entertainment, yeah. on their on their train rides that it, they're they're going to turn to hunt it and that's going to satisfy any like how is that going to get somebody away from their phone? Yeah, I think that was a pretty bad, uh, a pretty bad choice. Like for that to be the bookshot that we all read to discuss because it was very weak. Did you? What did you think, Steve? A very middling like opinion yeah. on it. It was okay. But I didn't really get anything yeah. out of it. I this is this has long been my theory on bookshots, and this one really uh, is a good example of it. But I feel like part of the when, when you read about what his process is, it's often that um, you know he'll he'll provide say a fifty page outline, and then the authors will go and expand it and make it a whole big thing. But I sort of feel like maybe sometimes it's there was like, no way there was a fifty page no outline probably not. Hunted. But I think maybe they take a premise and they sort of like. Uh, either develop it as a novel or the develop it as a bookshot. And I feel like this one uh, might have been one that was in contention to be a novel. And they were like, nah, let's just. But there was turn nothing it in it. That's, but I think. But it I, was so empty. But I think that that's the problem. Like, there, yeah. wasn't, there wasn't time in the bookshot to really, like, go into the, the characters. Because mm-hmm. the main guy, Shelley, mm-hmm. you have going kind of trying to avenge a friend and trying to figure out what happened to this friend. And so I think there's a lot of meat in there that you could have explored. Mm. And then the big like Hunger Games-esque ending where it's a big, you know, fight that could have been a really drawn out action scene. I think this one, um, 
was one that was like I let's, felt let's be a novel. It read know? very amateur. I thought it did. It it was it looked and I don't I'm not saying like just bec- if you're like a self publisher or you're a smaller author that but this just read like I don't know. It, it was paint by numbers. It just was yeah, easy, easy, easy. It it read it read juvenile. It just I also kind of didn't get the ending. Yeah. Did you? It, I didn't even. It was kind of an yeah, ambiguous it end. Sense, really. I didn't really understand what they were going I think for. They take the responsible ending. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't know. So I don't. Yeah. It's uh. It's just kind of a crapshoot with these books. Okay. You know, and I think some people are really into them, and some people understand what they are, and some people just don't just get it. Other don't have options, time for it. if that's what you, if you're looking for, is but my... not so easy. That's the thing. It's like. Yes, there are. There are great short stories and there are yeah. great novellas, but they don't get novellas don't get this kind of attention. You know, the only famous, I guess, novellas that are being put out are these. I guess for somebody, I I don't know. I don't get it. I because like we've talked about how he's like he does programs to get people to read, yeah. and it seems like that's also something that's close to him. But like, I feel like you have to compete with somebody's phone to get them to read during that short amount of time that a bookshot is planned. I don't see. I think he's expecting them to read these on their phones. But I guess I just don't see how that's going to get anyone's attention because what I read was really bad and not exciting. And, like, if somebody was like, your choice is bookshots or your phone, I'm just yeah. going to turn my phone on every time. I, it's just... It seems like if your goal is to get people to read and you, you're doing this bookshot things, then you want to do good bookshots. Yeah. You want to do good short stories. And like this, like oh, this wasn't this wasn't going to be a good novel, so we'll just use it as a throwaway idea yeah. for bookshot. Like, I don't know. Then just don't do it. Yeah, I just agree. I agree. I think you're more? right. I don't know. I was um, the conference I was at recently. Uh, one of the one of the uh, people in the audience asked Scott Turow what he thought about the James Patterson uh, phenomena, and I thought he had a really good answer. You know, he said like it wasn't really for him. Like he wouldn't enjoy turning something over or working with a co-author. He didn't yeah. think like for him it was a good fit. But he also said like he doesn't he doesn't think it's fair to like judge people based on what they read and if if something like a, a bookshot or a, a quick read James Patterson is going to get people reading, then maybe that can lead to them reading something a little more challenging and kind of work their way up. So he was kind of looking at it as an entry point to reading adult books. And I think there's I merit to that. that. Yeah. Yes. I don't but I feel like quality is gonna eventually count for something yeah like you I do can too. put out a hundred of these but if they're all bad then it doesn't matter if people are still interested it hasn't stop. it hasn't uh it hasn't seemed to damage the brand so far which is amazing i can't believe it yeah i mean yeah if you if you enjoy bookshots then keep reading bookshots yeah i'm glad you're you're just reading is yeah is sort the of, general answer i could have sort of come down on that too it's like if, if that's if that's you know, I mean, it's this, all you want to do right now. That's it's the fine, same thing as adults who only want to read young adults. It's like, yeah. that's fine. Just, just read what you want. Yes. Yeah. I just, just hunted just made me mad. Yeah, I, I agree. Guess. Yeah, it was bad. So, but also, the most dangerous game is one of my favorite stories of all time. Yeah. So, still have the still have the perfect ideas. Yep. Uh, Sean Connery and Will Smith in that movie, but it'll never happen now because no. one's retired and one has stopped rapping. Yeah. And him being cast in the most dangerous game was. Uh, contingent on him doing a rap called I Am the Most Dangerous Game. Yep. So it's falling apart. Yep. I don't know. I don't know who could do. I guess at this point, Will, Will Smith is maybe old enough to play the hunter now. 
Maybe. Yeah, and he could Maybe. still do that rap if yeah. he's willing. He could. I don't know who he's going to hunt, though. <gasps> i, I got to recast this whole movie. What concerns me, I guess, about the, the this Patterson phenomena um, is just I don't want it to become the norm. You know, I don't want every author to start doing this. And when I see, like, Stuart Woods is starting to have co-authors, mm-hmm. and, you know, someone like Clive Cussler has had them forever. Yeah, but when... You say someone like Stuart Woods or Clive, like these are older authors who've they been are. doing it forever. Yeah, I think that's when you have to, like, work. They they start doing it. They just get older, and it's harder to just put them out as much. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I hope yes. If it, if suddenly like the Brad Thors and the uh, you know the younger authors, yeah, like if John Green starts putting out co-authors, right? right. Like, well, how old? Are yeah. Yeah, and it could. That's the thing. Like, it could happen. If this if this is a model for success, if people are seeing, you know, millions yeah. and millions of dollars of revenue generated by this, I'm sure right now publishers are thinking, like, who else can we get to do this? Because, you know, it's a cash cow. Yeah. So I, I don't well, want to see that as a trend. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with having light, fluffy options, mm-hmm. but I don't want it to become the thing that people yeah. always I can't imagine, for. though. I mean, we're talking books here. So, yeah. you know... The the glass ceiling for like money for like all this co like it's not like there it's a billion dollar like ah co authors yeah. that will put us into the billion yeah, dollar no, and I then know. and then suddenly like people are just gonna stop reading books yeah like plus I mean eventually people get sick of it and then start hopefully craving yeah. then single and, you know you could see more of the uh, the Andrew Gross you know output where it where it starts like this Starting is a leg up for for new, for, for new authors you know so it could be. Did Siri just try to search for Andrew Gross? I, uh, I think she looked for D&D under Gross. Weird. Yeah. That's weird. Um, anyway, it could be that it's going to be a springboard for new, like, thriller and mystery authors that are going to come forward okay. and uh, do that. Yes. But, you know, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, well, we got to... Go on. Bottom line. Bottom line. I could see sticking with Alex Cross for a little while and occasionally picking up a fluffy James Patterson book that... <laughs> that looks like it could be a fun, quick read. Mm-hmm. I don't think either of you are going to go down that path. No. Okay. I could be persuaded to read NYPD Red 2 one day. Okay. But I'm going to take a break Yes, now. I think that's fair. I All think right. that's fair. we got to end this. we got to wrap this up. All right. Well, we, we got, got NYPD wrap this up. That was terrible. Nothing really? Worked. That was, was N- it? NYPD end maybe would have worked. It yeah. sounds a little so that, fast. That would be the yeah. last book. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so I guess that's it for James yeah. Patterson. We have a plethora of James Patterson options for you across all ages. Sure do. So if you're curious, come on in and check it out. Uh, thanks to our guest, Steve, My for pleasure. joining us for the magical eighth time. Thanks, Ooh. Eric, for t- turning up here 102 times thanks, every single day. Yeah. Let's look at your beautiful little face. Huh. And uh, My apparently New Zealand-like face, yeah. as somebody yeah. pointed out to me. Yeah, that's a weird, it's a weird compliment, but... You should yeah. accept it. Yeah. Uh, what's coming up at the library? Uh, for what's adults, not? we have a local author, Stephen Jacoby, is coming on Tuesday the 1st at 6 o'clock. Good. To talk about his latest books. On Tuesday the 8th, we have uh, a historical presentation about the town of Blissville, where we're going to see a, nice. a documentary and just talk a little bit about the area. Looks like it's going to be a fascinating topic, so I hope you join us for that. Book clubs, uh, as I mentioned, are reading... Uh, Nobody Knows by Mary Higgins. Uh, sorry, Mary Jane Clark. Oh, no. <laughs> and Where'd You Go, Bernadette yeah. by Maria Semple. Yeah. Summer reading program goes through August 4th, so you have a little more time to sign up and buy for that prize, but you only got one more week, so you better hurry. Anything you want to mention for teens, the usual stuff happening? This, uh, this week, uh, we're making lip balm. 
Exciting. Yeah. So. Full slate for uh, young kids, middle-aged kids. Is yes. that a thing? And Middle-aged uh, teens. kids. <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. So Kids check, in their middle age going to their middle-aged calendar kids. and yeah. join us. We have a therapy dog that. coming in for kids. That's exciting. Uh, that's Tuesday at 1 o'clock. Tuesday the 1st. Uh, therapy dogs, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but kids are not invited because I'm just going to be You're playing just gonna with play the dogs. You're just going to play with the therapy yeah. dogs. Okay. Yeah. That's Feel great. very calm, surrounded by a bunch of therapy. Hopefully a golden retriever. Hopefully. Uh, maybe a... Uh, what other dogs make good therapy dogs? I don't think now's the time to discuss yeah. it. Boxers? Sure. Anyway, <laughs> that's going to do it for episode 102. Uh, say goodbye, Steve. Goodbye. You, you can say goodbye, too, Eric. Goodbye. What are we talking about next week? I don't know. We'll find out in All episode right. 103. <laughs>